Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my panel this week, Liz Batchelor and Katie Midwinter, where we'll be previewing the big races on ITV this weekend. We'll be focusing our attentions on the Tingle Creek meeting at Sandown for Saturday and also as well Aintree has got a very good card including the many clouds chase before we get into them let's see how everyone is Liz I'll come to you first it's been a little bit of a while since you were last on the podcast but how are you keeping it's only been two weeks Chris but <laughs> but yeah I'm okay thank you um been busy but good yes it just feels feels like an absolute age <laughs> over the last few weeks just it's just the it's just these dark winter months so i'm losing all track of time but yeah it wasn't that long ago um and katie uh how how about you how are you keeping i'm very well thank you um like we were saying off there it's, it's like one of the most exciting weekends of the season so far so i'm really looking forward to the action um yeah lots of the lots to be excited for yeah the next three days of racing look really good good card at sandown tomorrow we said Saturday looks good, and then Sunday as well. We've got Hans Grace over at Fairy House, Huntington as well. I've got um, Peterborough Chase, which is always a, a good race, and also as well Kelso. I've got the Borders National, where I've got a fancy for that race that I'll mention at the end of the podcast. Okay, enough waffling. Let's get into the action then. The first race we're going to look at is the 145 at Sandown. It's the Close Brothers, Henry VIII, Novices Chase. And we've only got four runners, and Jean Bon is your warm favourite at the top of the betting at 1 to 3. We've then got Boot Hill looking to make it a hat trick at 7 to 2. Unexpected Party at 14s, and Honor de Jonc is the rag of the field at 100 to 1. Uh, Liz, I'll come to you here first. Jean Bon uh, was very impressive, you have to say, on his chasing debut at Warwick uh, last month. Uh, do we think this is a penalty kick for him, and he'll get a grade 1 success over fences? Yeah, like you said, this is only a field of four, but um, that's a field of four at the moment, but we'll see how many turn up on the day. Um, as we know, field sizes have been a big talking point of late, um, and I think someone needs to offer some solutions, um, because when you're paying good money to go and watch racing, um, you want value. But um, let me get down off my soapbox and talk about <laughs> this race. Um, there's only, yeah, there's only one winner, and it is Jumper Bomb. Um one at Warwick two weeks ago on his first attempt chasing under rules. He jumped well and beat Monmiral by seven lengths and he's very impressive. Um, as we know, his only defeat came last season in the Supreme by stablemate Constitution Hill. Obviously, this is a slightly bigger test, um, but he was cut to five to two for the Arkle after that win at, at Warwick, um, So, which obviously speaks volumes. So, John Bon all over for me. Yeah, John Bon really should win this race he's the classiest uh, horse some people like to uh, knock him but I think uh, that criticism is slightly harsh I think he's a fairly good horse and if it wasn't for Constitution Hill winning the Supreme we would be raving about how how good he is and that he's got an unbeaten record so yeah I think uh, I think he's a very underrated horse I think there could be a lot more to come from him over fences how about you though Katie can you see past John Bond yeah, no, I think John Bond looks a solid favourite in this one. Not much that I can add to what Liz has said. I don't see any reason to take him on. There's plenty expected of him. Uh, you know, he did well over Herders, like you'd be saying. He was only beaten by Constitution Hill, and, and he looks a, a really special horse, doesn't he? And 
you know, John Bond was impressive on his chasing debut and I'd expect to see the same again. So, yeah, I think John Bond should be winning this. Yeah, well, he's the full brother to Stu Van, who just improved when he went over fences. Obviously, he didn't live up to it in, in the champion chase, but he did go on to win the arc or Du Van. So, yeah, I think uh, he could definitely follow uh, a similar route to uh, what his pedigree suggests. So, we're all in agreement. John Bon is the most likely winner of the Henry VIII's Novices Chase. Okay, a bit more of a competitive race on the cards now. It's the 220 Betfair Daily Rewards Handicap Hurdle, a handicap over two miles. And Love Moir, the Mayor's Novices uh, Hurdle winner, is your current favourite on her seasonal reappearance for Harry Fry at 7-4. We've then got Hom Public at 9-2, Playful Saints at 6s, Hermes Boy at 15-2, Friend or Foe at 10s, Bigger are the rest. Uh, Katie, you can have first say here. Love Envoir obviously was very progressive last season in Mayor's company. This is a slightly different test for her. Do we think she's going to be ready first time out? and Or do we think she's maybe worth taking on? I think she's the one to beat. She has solid form and she hasn't done much wrong in her career so far. But at the prices, she's a bit too short for me and I'd rather take her on. Uh, she's against the boys here, she's carrying a bit of weight. I think Matator is quite interesting on debut for Venetia Williams. who's a listed winner, was last seen in a grade one at Otoy over a year ago now. Um, a bit of an unknown quantity. I think softer conditions, we know Venetia's horses thrive on that kind of ground. It's also his first run following wind surgery. So it's just a bit of an interesting recruit for the yard, I thought, and, and he could go well. But the one I'm going to go for is Nayapti for Donald McCain. I was at Bangor on Lee when he won about a month ago. Uh, it was really impressive that he looked well in the paddock um, and he looks like he's in the form of his life at the moment. He was absent for over a thousand days prior to his reappearance um, in September. He hadn't been seen since December 2019 before that, so it's quite a lengthy layoff. But he won on his return, finished third at Cheltenham um, before winning at Bangor the last time out, and he's five pounds higher for that win. Um, but Theo Gillard takes three pounds off, so. He's really running off 130. And I think it could be a decent each way bet at around 12 to 1. He's already been nibbled at. Um, and yeah, I would be surprised to see him go off shorter than that. Yeah, Nayati, one that could be maybe underestimated in the markets. Like you say, he's been nibbled at. He was as big as 20 to 1 earlier today. At my uh, computer screen here, he's up at 12 to 1. So, yeah, could be an interesting one. Uh, for the Northern-based trainer, Donald McCain. How about you, though, Liz? Who did you like um, in the second race at Sandown we're looking at? Well, you say Love Envoy, Chris, because you're obviously a bit more posher than me, and I go with Love Envoy. Envoy Allen, isn't it? But (laughs) I don't think you can go against her. Um, As Katie said, it is her first time out of the season. Um, Last seen losing her unbeaten record at Fairy House in April, coming second uh, behind Willie Mullins' Brandy Love. Um, But a win at Cheltenham in the Mayor's Novices Hurdle, where she kept on strongly, I thought was too good. Um, She's up against the boys for the first time in her racing career, but with soft ground also to advantage, I don't think she should fear them. So, love him, boy, for me. Yeah, I thought this race was particularly tricky. Um, I wanted to take on Love Envoir, but for me, I just think uh, she's she's a little bit too short. I thought On Public was probably the one to take her on with. I just think this horse, um, trained by Oliver Green and Josh Guerrero, they've got some useful types 
in their yard this season and I'll mention a couple of their other runners later in the podcast but I've just been uh, been impressed by their operation in the last couple of months and this horse was a good winner last time out at Weatherby raised seven pounds for that Toby win is valued for his five pounds uh, claiming it uh, back here I'm not sure if the form amounts to, to much at Weatherby but I think he's definitely worth a, a chance here he's also as well um, has shown that he can get slightly further so I think he's an interesting one and definitely one to maybe keep on side but yeah, I thought this was quite a tricky race. So if we just round off uh, the selections there, Katie's selection is Nayati. Uh, Liz is going for Love Envoire, and I'll put up a positive mention for the second favourite on Public. Okay, we now move on to the 2.55 for the feature race uh, at Sandown on Saturday, which is the Betfair single Creek Chase, Grade 1. Shishkin is your favourite at the time recording at 11 to 10. We've then got Granatine looking to defend his crown at 2 to 1. Edward Stone, the Arca winner, set to make his seasonal reappearance at 6s. We've then got the Irish Raider, Gentleman to me with Aidan Coleman, but for William Mullins at 10s. Fernando Sibler at 25 to 1. And Dan Vegan, the outsider of the field, at 80 to 1. Uh, Liz uh, Shishkin, all eyes are going to be on him here. Um, he's not been seen since the champion chase where uh, Sefin appeared to be a miss. If he's had that put behind him, do we think he's going to take all the beating here, or could the likes of Grenadine maybe uh, come back and uh, defend his crown? No, I think it's going to be a John Bond Shishkin double um, for me. Um, and if they all remain in this, it is going to be a good watch. Um, you could make a case for most of these, but I am a Shishkin fan. Um, last seen, as you said, in the Queen Mother Champion chase at Cheltenham, he was never travelling. They blamed it on the soft ground, albeit who knows what soft ground really means anymore. Um, but, but his CV before that was pretty special. Seven wins out of seven. The grade one Clarence House chase was good viewing, although his jumping was out to the left, which is my only concern here, as Sandown is a right-handed track. Um, but just when you thought Anergamin in that grade one was about to pull clear, Shishkin and Nico got to work and beat Anergamin by length. Uh, Grenatine and Edward Stone are clear contenders, but there's just something about Shishkin that I really like. Yeah, I think if Shishkin brings his A game, he should have too much for these rivals. I think the uphill finish as well, I uh, say, uh, at Sandown could play to his strengths. I, I think he likes a, a stiff finish. And I think if it turns into a battle and he is back to his best, I think he could uh, make light work of these rivals. How about you, though, Katie? Shishkin, are we with him or against him? Well, I'm really looking forward to this race. It looks a quality renewal. Uh, so hopefully we see the sixth declared run. The ground is, is on the good side. There isn't much rain forecast. I don't think there's any rain forecast. And the current description is good, good to soft in places. So... I mean, we can hope it will retain some moisture and we'll see them all line up because I think it will be a cracking race, as they've said, um, if they do all line up. I think you have to respect Renatine. He's very efficient round here. Won his last three runs here, um, all in grade ones, including last year's Tingle Creek. So he'll be primed for this. He's had a recent run winning the Holden Gold Cup. Looked sharp. Uh, and this has been his path for the last two years, Exeter and then to Sandown. Nichols has been in great form. You can never underestimate one of his runners. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty in his favour. Uh, I think Gentleman to me is quite a big price as well, probably having closer to Edward Stone or maybe even shorter, especially on, on better ground. They're both now running in open company, so they might have a bit to prove. But I think time to one for Millions Horse, um, who, who could have improved quite a bit and has some has had some sort of a recent run, um, I think it's quite big. But 
I'm with Liz here. I'm firmly in Shishkin's camp, but I'm a big fan of him. I can't oppose him. Completely forgive his run at Cheltenham. Um, it was pulled up early on. Brown described as soft, but I was there that day and it, it was it looked bottomless. The rain poured down all day, was relentless. Um, and yeah, it was really testing rounds. So you know, a lot tougher than what he ran on in the Clarence House at Ascot. They did find an issue with him after that run of a rare bone condition. Uh, he just wasn't himself. This is his reappearance. I'd say proceed with caution because we don't really know what shape he is in. But if he's anything near the horse that you know we've, we've been watching this past few years, he'll have the beating of the field here, and, and I hope that he will be at his best. Yeah, I think that's just that is the main concern, isn't it? Is he going to be back to his best? At the price he is now, it could be. A silly price. He, he could be. He, he could go off shorter than that. But for me, I think that there is an element of doubt there, and I think we just got to sit back and wait and see. But yeah, hopefully all six runners do line up in this race. It looks a better than renewal than it could have done a few days ago. Hopefully the ground is okay for all of them, and yeah, hopefully we get a decent spectacle. Okay, then the next race we're going to look at is uh, the last race on the card at Sandown. It's the three thirty. It's the Winners' Wear Cavani Men's Wear London National Handicap Chase, a staying contest over three miles and five furlongs. And Revels Hill is the favourite for Harry Fry at eleven to four. We've then got Daisha Abba who loves Sandown at four to one. Quick Wave for Venetia at nine to two. Eclair de Guy at tens. Planned Paradise at 16s, Almazar Guard at 20s, and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Katie. You're going to need to stay really well to win this race. Have you found one at a nice each way price for us, or are you going to stay towards the top of the market? Yeah, I'm going to go for one towards the top of the market. The one that stood out to me was uh, Disha Abba for Philip Hobbs. He does have to carry top weight, but I think his form uh, in his last two runs at the track justify him being as short in the betting as he is. I think he's around four to one. He finished second in this race last year um, off of a two pounds lower mark, beaten only by Highland Hunter. And in February, he was narrowly beaten by Le Milos, who looks a, a very promising horse for Dan Skelton, two from two for his new yard. And we saw him winning the Cold Gold Cup last Saturday. Um, yeah, so I think the horse, the horses who have beaten Desha Abba in both those runs are, are quite classy types. And if he's able to run to that level again, um, I think he's going to be the one to beat. Okay, so Kate thinks Desha Abba might be able to get another Sandown victory uh, to his career tally. How about you, Liz? Do you agree with Katie with Desha Abba or have you looked elsewhere? Yeah, to be honest, I've no particular strong fancy in this, but um, Rebels Hill really does relish a long trip and his warm-up race where he became second over two mile five at Ascot in a class two should have set him up nicely for this. He has won over three mile four and a half back in March on soft ground where he won readily um, and I just think he should get the job done here. Okay, so Liz is staying with the favourite Rebels Hill. I actually like one a little bit of a price in this race. That's Almazar Guard. For Lily Pitchin and uh, Charlie Longston, I've been really impressed with Lily over the last couple of years. I just think in these stern handicap uh, chases, she really gets uh, gets on well with these kind of horses. Uh, Amazar Guard, uh, I think, has some good form next to his name, especially from last season. Uh, if you go back through some of his runs, 
especially on, when the ground was on 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 the good side. He definitely showed some ability. He finished second in the Southern National off a mark of 138. Finished second in the North Yorkshire National at Carrick. We know he stays really well, and that's what you're going to need. If he can get into a prominent position um, under Lily Pynchon, I think he could be a dangerous player. He fell last time in the Southern National at Fontwell, but he still had every chance from where, where he was, and it was too hard to say uh, if he would have uh, not finished outside the money. So I think off a of mark 135, he could be dangerous, and I'm hoping he's going to get to the front. He's, like I say, got plenty of stamina and abundance. The ground should be fine for him. I think he's off a fair mark. I just think at 20-1 here, he's still a fairly young horse, and there just could be a little bit more to come from him. So for me, he is my fancy in the race as Al Mazargar. So just reflect then on the selections. For Katie, it's Daisha Abbey. Uh, for uh, Liz, it's uh, Rebels Hill. And for me, I've gone with a 20-1 shot, Al Mazargar. So that's the racing at Sandown covered. We're now going to move over to Aintree, where they've got a very good card. And their feature race is the first race we're going to look at, which is the 130. It's the Boyle Sports Many Clouds Chase. And Ahoy Senor is your favourite, 5-4. We've then got Chantry House at 11-2. Sounds Russian at 11-2 as well. The Grand National winner, Noble Yates at 6s. Sam Brown at 9s. Bigger and Dashel Drasher is uh, your outside of the field at 14-1. to one. Uh, Liz, this looks quite a decent renewal of this race. Ahoy Senor needs to bounce back uh, from a disappointing run in the Charlie Hall. Do we think he's going to bounce back or do we think there's maybe something lurking in here to take him on with? Yeah, I'm going to take him on. I mean, I could I could side with a, a Hoy Senor, but his first time out, like you say, just kind of left me a bit flat. He was favourite, but he's just, yeah, very disappointed in that Charlie Hall. Um, but it was his first time out, and perhaps you could forgive that. Um, I mean, trainer Lucinda Russell said that, um, said that, but that she'll continue his plans and that they have put him in this. Um, so that's obviously the, the route that he's going down. Um, but I am against, and I'm going to stick up, Ruth Jefferson sounds Russian. Um, stepping up in grade, but I really liked his win at Kelso in October, where he won going away, beating I right by four and a half lengths. His mark keeps in- increasing, but he keeps showing them what he can do. Um, he's four from six chasing, and he's developing into a smart chaser, and he should continue to be competitive over these longer distances. Um, so it is sounds Russian for me, but um, a shout-out to... Little Dashel Drashel, because I love him. Um, he's a great hurdler, and he's shown he can switch defences. Um, but this step up in trip, I mean, usually he does best at two mile five, I think could be beyond him. But I hope he has a great spin, and he might surprise me. Yeah, he's certainly one of the pace angles in the race. Been a great horse for Jeremy Scott. He's a great one winner over fences as well. He won the, uh, the Ascot chase a couple of years ago, so he's no mug. And yeah, if if some of these horses don't run their race, he's one of the more reliable candidates. But I agree fully with you, Liz. Sounds Russian was one of my stronger fancies of the weekend. I really like this horse. He's last year he, he progressed very well over fences. He had plenty of good form next to his name, and it was capped off with a really good second place behind Dusar uh, at the uh, the Air uh, Scottish Grand National meeting. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was a little bit unlucky that day. I think over these stand trips, he could be a real player. He beat a decent field last time, as you say, at Kelso.
so 157 he's getting a few pounds from some of his rivals as well because he's not penalised in this grade he's getting 6 pounds from Chantry House he's getting 3 from Ahoy Senor 4 from Noble Yates you know so yeah, I, I think there's a lot in, in his favour and I'm quite excited about him. I think he could be a horse that could turn into a, a top class grade one horse come the end of the season. So yeah, Sounds Russian, I'm in, I'm agreeing with Liz there. How about you, uh, Katie? Are you going to make it a full house for Sounds Russian or are you going to stay loyal and, and stick with the favourite Hoyt in your? Well, I think Sounds Russian is a really interesting contender. It looks a very progressive horse. He's come a long way in a year. He won his maiden um, exactly a year ago on Saturday off a mark of 111 and he's running off a career-high rating of 157 here. So I don't think he can be ruled out. I think it would be some feat if he could win this. Um, Senor, I think he, if he's at his best, he should win. But it's just difficult to trust him. He can race quite freely and is often a little bit wound up in the paddock pre-race. It's difficult to predict um, which Senor is going to turn up. It might be that he needed the run uh, last time out at Weatherby. He was fresh and a bit too keen to get on with things. Paint the Dream was hassling him for the lead and, and that didn't help either. I think we should see a better performance from him this time around. He's won both times he's run at the track and if he can just settle better and get into a rhythm, I think he'll have the beating of the rest. Chantry House isn't a horse that I'm completely convinced by. He's inconsistent. It does go well fresh, but... This is his first run after wind up, so he might come on for it. You know, Sam Brown, we're plodding along. He'll stay all day, and if a few get tired, expect him to be passing them in the closing stages. Although Sounds Russian is quite tempting, I'm just going to side with a hoist in the all here. But uh, I might be regretting that if he's a bit erratic jumping the first few fences. Um, I would be a bit worried, but I hope that he can return um, to some kind of form here. A hoist in the for me. Okay, so Katie is sticking with the favourite Hoy Senor and two votes for myself and Liz with Sounds Russian. Okay, so that's the feature covered. We now go to the 205 where we've got a great spectacle in the Boyle Sports Beecher Handicap Chase over the Grand National Fences. And Ashtown Lad is your favourite along with Guest, Guest Kill uh, at 11 to 2. We then got the Irish Raider Captain Kangaroo at 9 to 1. Hill 16 at 12s. Last year's winner Snow Leopardess at 12s. Five Star Getaway at 14s. Bigger are the rest. We've got a pretty big field here of 23 runners, Katie. Um, is there a few that made your shortlist, or have you got one in particular that you, you're really strong about? Well, I think it's a really competitive race. Lots of horses in here with chances that can make a case for a few at the top of the market. Uh, Snow Lepidus, the lovely grey mare, she's six pounds higher than when she just beat Hill 16 um, in the race last year. But I think she'd prefer it much softer than it's likely to be. I hope she runs well, but uh, yeah, I think the ground is going to go against her. Uh, my main selection is the Wolf. I picked him out last time when he ran at Cheltenham. And to put it bluntly, he ran terribly for most of the way. After a few fences, I was completely regretting my decision to back him. He he jumped badly, he was out of touch with the field, having to be pushed along early on. Um, yeah, and it didn't appear as though he had any chance of making the frame. But he quietly just kept going. Adrian Heskin got him back into the race and he started to get into a better rhythm. Um, and he stayed on when others were tiring. The eventual winner, Lord Accord, had gone for home. He had a better passage through the race. Um, the Wolf couldn't quite peg him back, but 
I was quite amazed that he managed to finish second um, after the after his first half of the race. I think he has a good attitude. He has to show resilience there. Um, this is his second run after the wind up, and that's usually the time I like to catch a horse. I think he's a decent each race out at fourteen to one. He will have to jump with more fluency from the outset, um, yeah, but hopefully he'll have brushed up on his jumping and he'll be better this time out. I will give a quick shout shout out to two at uh, bigger prices. An old favourite of mine, Cloth Cap. I'd love to see him redeem himself. He's quite a big price at 28 to 1. Uh, and also the Jam Man, he can be useful and he has £5 claim with Gavin Bruder on board. He could be one for the extra places, but he might be worth watching if his mark comes down in future. Okay, so Kate's main selection for the race is the Wolf, but positive mentions for Cloth Cap and the Jam Man. How about you, Liz? You can have a few darts if you want in this race. Yeah, we go from small fields to massive ones, so um, it's a bit trickier, but obviously plenty of value, which is what we like to see. I liked Snow Leopardess, uh, as Katie said, last year's winner, where she built, beat Heel 16 in a photo. I was I was there, um, and it was it was terrible weather. Well, that's all I remember. Um, <laughs> but that, that weight of 11 stone 13 is a lot to carry. Um, and sometimes in these slogs, you need a plodder on a, don't know if that's a technical term, um, with with a, with little weight, and I think I found one in percussion um, at twenty to one. So um, an each way could be a good bet. He ran a great race last time out, the start of November here at Aintree, came coming um, third at forty to one behind Al Dancer and Geskill, who is favourite for this race, and they both carried ten stone two that day. Um, he's one on good, and he's one on heavy. And he's been out 12 times, winning three, placing five times. He just seems to need a lot of coaxing to get going. But like I say, a plodder on is sometimes what you need. Yeah, percussion, why not? He could definitely improve for a good run last time out. Laura Morgan as well has been improving as a trainer over the last couple of years, getting better horses for her hands. And why not? Percussion could go well for her at a decent price. I really liked one in this race. Um, I'm hoping he's going to take to the fences all right. And as a horse trained by Dr. Richard Newland, uh, Ongar, um, Charlie Hammond, but for the ride. Last time we saw this horse finish sixth um, when he was well beaten uh, over hurdles at Newbury. I just think that, that was a pipe opener for a bigger race. And I'm, I think this was a plan that's been conducted all along by Dr. Richard Newland. We've seen him have success over these fences in the past, likes with Pino de Roy when he won the Grand National uh, a few years ago now. But this horse on Gar, if you go back through some of his form last season, in particular one run when he won at Haydock off a mark of 1-2-8, he absolutely hosed up in the Tommy Whittle chase beaten remastered who we saw go very close in um in the coral gold uh gold cup at uh, the weekend also as well the that particular year uh he beat remastered he he was actually remastered could have actually won won uh, won that lab when it was known as labrick's gold cup then so i mean that was a really good line for me actually like i say hosed up i just think he might have needed the run last time out he is uh six pounds higher for that win but he actually ran a cracker at haylock in april off a one pound higher mark so i do think this has been in the back of his mind horses as well that seem to tackle the 
the national fences for the first time have a good record uh, the likes uh, with the Noble Yates last year for example when he won the Grand Nationals first ever experience of those kind of fences I don't know why I just think horses sometimes it's just something new and uh, they just get into the groove and I just think this horse will improve for that latest run he's pretty versatile on all kinds of ground and I just think uh, this has been the plan and yeah I think if he can run up to that form last year that he's shown in the Tommy Whistle he could be more than capable than the finest mark of 134 I think he could be a 140 plus horse and for me I know the Dr Richard Newland team haven't been great for him but I think 22 to 1 I think that's a very tasty price and I'm hoping he can go well so that's our thoughts then on the B handicap chase we now move on to the 240 where we look at the boil sports daily money back second uh handicap chase riders on the storm who won the old row and chase is your favorite at 11 to 4 we've then got brave shiaska at 7 to 4 uh, 7 to 1 sorry along with gunsight ridge at 7s night in dubai at 15 to 2 kill tv briggs at 10s and bigger are the rest liz i'll come to you here first riders on the storm a good winner last time out um do we think he's going to win again, or do we think we, he could be a, a little bit vulnerable here up against some handy rivals? No, I am going with Riders on the Storm here for Richard Hobson. His win over Hitman and the old Rowan here at Aintree at the end of October was a great watch, and the handicapper obviously did a great job that day. Um, he's back here, rated 141 against his career high of 162. He got injured after Cheltenham in January, then the yard all went down sick, and that can take a while to recover from. Um, probably hence his poor form uh, most of last season. Uh, Richard Hobson said he likes to be kept fresh, so it's only likely that he's only going to run a few times this season. Um, I just hope owner Carl Pinchy is there to watch in person and not on one of his million holidays. Uh, but, but Riders on the Storm will definitely, definitely be the one to be here. Yeah, well, he's a, he is a former grade one winner. And yeah, why not? Uh, for Mark of 141, he could still have a bit in hand. How about you, though, Katie? Uh, Rides on the Storm, are you in agreement with Liz or you want to take him on? I think the case for him is quite clear. And Liz has summed it up well. He'd be a very nice horse in, in Hitman when he was last seen at this track over the strip. Uh, and he's only two pounds higher um, with champion jockey Brian Hughes aboard. So he's in form. He's a worthy favourite. Um, but he can be inconsistent, and I'm going to take him on. I think that outside of the field, Empire Steel, um, at the prices I'm seeing, he's around 28 to 1, best priced with some firms. Um, but with others, he's as short as 12 to 1. I think 28 to 1 is a huge price. He carries top weight of 12 stone, but he's a good horse on his day, and he's done well over a similar sort of trip in the past. He goes well fresh. I think it'll be much shorter than that. The yard is in flying form. Four winners from uh, the past 14 runners for Sandy Thompson. The horses are running well in defeat two, plenty of them placing. He had the highest strike rate of National Hunt trainers in November with 37%. Uh, so I think the yard, yeah, there's a lot in, in this horse's favour. The yard form is excellent. And I think the horse is capable of improvement too. So I'll take a chance on him, Empire Steel. Okay, uh, Katie quite likes the chances of Empire still. Liz liked the chances of the favourite riders in the storm. I didn't have a particularly strong opinion in this race. I thought it was quite tricky. I thought Kiltili Briggs might run well, I think, over this trip. I, I just think uh, he's a bit of a lazy sort, so maybe uh, a bigger field might help him here. But 
I, I didn't have a particularly strong opinion on this race. So that's our thoughts then on the 240. The last race we're going to look at is the final race at Aintree, which is the Boyle Sports Extra Places Daily Handicap Hurdle. Walking on there is your favourite, 10-3. Then Langadan is next in at 72. Harbour Lake at 6-1. to one. Herbie A's at 10 to 1, along with size in Potsy and bigger are the rest. Katie, I'll come to you here first. Walking on there, he was meant to run last week at Newbury. Um, is the same what we thought about him then apply here? That he, he, he might just need the run and could be vulnerable and want to take him on? What, what were your thoughts on the race? Well, he's clearly well thought of at the yard, isn't he? Um, I'm going to watch him on Saturday, see how he gets on. I'm looking forward to seeing him on his reappearance, but I can't say I had a strong fancy in the race. Uh, maybe the one that stood out is, is Benson. I know you're quite keen on him uh, when he last ran at, um, at Haydock, Chris. So, yeah, I can't say I have a strong fancy in the race. I'd probably side with Benson. He's a decent each way price, around 12 to 1. Another Sandy Thompson runner, uh, I just said about his... His form is brilliant form. So yeah, he could he could be a decent each way bet with Brian Hughes aboard. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing him walking on there too. Um, but yeah, not a race that I'd have a bet in. Yeah, lots expected on walking on there. I think uh, in time he might go over fences. But yeah, he's definitely an interesting horse. And if uh, if the hype is right, one three two could be a gift of a mark. How about you though, Liz? Who did you like in this last race at Aintree? Yeah, I mean, Langerdang's definitely got the credentials um, and walking on air is still such. He's a huge unknown. Um, and like we say, he's only been seen three times, twice over hurdles. Um, but he did win impressively at Newbury in January. Um, and Nico said at the time that he'll go he'll go two and a half and then it'll, and then it'll be, quote, spectacular. Um, well, we only saw him again in April in the grade one at Betway Mersey, novices hurdle at Aintree, where he pulled up, he jumped poorly, ran too freely. Um, but as Katie was saying at the beginning, I mean, Henderson, he wouldn't keep a horse who he thought wasn't up to much. Um, and I think he deserves another chance. Okay, so Liz is going to side with Walking On Air. The one I really liked in this race, neither of you have mentioned, is Herbie. He's having a second run after a wind-up. I was talking about this yard earlier in the podcast, Oliver Greenwell and Josh Guerrero. I thought Herbie was very impressive when he defied top weight last time out at Newbury. That was in the conditional jockey's handicap hurdle, but I don't think it was a bad little race uh, at all. Uh, he's raised six pounds for that performance, but um, he, he really did dig it out well. I think the step up and trip shouldn't be a problem. The form of that race at Newbury's worked out really well because he gave eight pounds away to a horse of Paul Nichols, a filly called Gravitina, and she ran an absolute blinder, I thought, behind First Street in the Jerry Fielden at the weekend, or last weekend, I should say. I just thought it was a really good run. I just think this horse, he could be a horse that's going places. I just think he's got a bit more experience. He's still only a five-year-old. He's had a lot of racing, but I just think he's going through the handicap now, and uh, this could be his year where he's going to take a huge step forward. And Henry Brook as well uh, has done very well when riding for this yard. I think this horse uh, is better than his mark, and yeah, it could be a horse that maybe in a few months' time, could be uh, could be mixing up uh, in in great in lesser grader company. So for me, Herbie, I think he, he could go very well at a double figure price. So that's our thoughts then on the last race at Aintree. 
So this is the part of the podcast where we look away from the main racing that we've just been looking at. Katie, is there anything else this weekend that caught your eye? I'm looking forward to seeing uh, a horse in the 220 tomorrow at Sandown. Maximilian, he is unbeaten in five races, four wins under rules. Really exciting horse. He won by nine and a half lengths when last seen at Bangor on a lovely, lovely horse. Um, he's by Adlerflug, uh, of course, the sire of Takota Tasso, Innshoop, Alan Kerr. He's got a lovely pedigree and I'm excited to see him stepping up in class. He's quite a short favourite, but um, I think he could get the job done. Maximilian in the 220 at Sandown on Friday. Yeah, he looks a horse that's going places and yeah, he looks to have a big future ahead of him. I liked a few uh, away from the main races. chepstow has got a very good card where we're going to see the Welsh Grand National trial, but I thought the most interesting horse on their card was a horse in the 212. It's a horse called Iron Bridge for John Joe O'Neill Jr. riding for his dad in the colours of the late Trevor Hemmings. This horse absolutely bolted up uh, last time out on his chase debut uh, at Carlisle. He beat horse of Ben Paulins uh, called Harpers Brook by eight and a half lengths. And Harpers Brook has actually subsequently gone on to, to boost the form. He won a decent uh, race at Bangor and D last weekend, which I talked about. It was a race to follow. So I think uh, he's going places, and yeah, he, he looks a really progressive horse, and he could end up in some really decent races come the end of the season. So that was my horse to follow uh, on Saturday. Uh, away from that, uh, there's some decent uh, action on Sunday as well. We said that uh, obviously we've got Ferry House, uh, Kelso, uh, and Huntington, but Kelso is where I'm going for uh, my other selection this weekend. Runs in the um, the Scottish Borders National, the 105. I'm hoping this is going to get declared here. It's a horse called Flower of Scotland uh, for Danny McMenamin and Sandy Thompson. Um, Sandy Thompson's got a very good record in this race. He's won it on quite a few occasions in the past. And this horse, Flower of Scotland, is a mare. She's going to hopefully be carrying a low weight at Thamesstone 1. She's running off here off the mark of 113. She's got a really good record at Kelso. Um, has never lost as two from two at the track and was a real eye-catcher, I thought, last time out at, uh, at Carlisle when uh, staying on quite strongly. I think the step up and trip will really suit. I think that was probably a prep run for this race. It's probably been at the back of the trainer's mind. The ardour and crack in form. I just think off a nice low weight, this horse could go really well. And um, yeah, it's probably going to be, I reckon, towards uh, the top of the betting. But for me, I think uh, this is a horse to follow in this race. Don't think it looks a particularly good renewal. I think she could easily have about 10, 15 pounds in hand. Cyclop is, is well as in there for Brian Hughes. He's been running some good races of late. I think he'll be likely to be on the premises, but he's got to give away a lot of weight. And I think Flower Scotland could be the one to uh, take that uh, big race at Kelso on Sunday. So that's it then for this edition of the podcast. Thanks again to Liz and Katie for giving up their time. Hopefully we've provided you with some winners this week. If you haven't done so already, remember to follow us on our social platforms where we're available on Twitter and Instagram. Also as well, remember to subscribe to us on all the podcast platforms, including the likes of Apple, Spotify and SoundCloud. Please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon. 